0: Welcome to another edition of the baseball talk radio show i'm gary mack
1: and rich baxter over here
0: and hi rich how are you we took a little bit of a time off there but uh lots of things going on in the world of baseball with the all the award shows now and we have uh the uh we picked the champion and we've got new owners and we've got, uh, maybe an answer to some of the minor league uh, situation, uh, busy time. Yeah. Yeah. Even
1: though no games being played now and we're back to the off season, the hot stove is, uh, boiling in the background there. I had some nice oatmeal, some nice warm and hot oatmeal (laughs) this morning on, kind of a chilly day not as cold as it's gonna get of course but uh a good time to warm the old stomach with some nice hot oatmeal and think about the baseball awards that they're announcing uh, here slowly the finalists
0: and all um yeah it's a good time of year Mm -hmm. and uh getting to some of the awards. I noticed here in my notes that I neglected the National League Silver Sluggers. Maybe you have that in your notes, but uh, it is that silly season. It is the season of uh, awards, and, and as we record this, I believe tonight is going to be the Cy Young Awards, but we've had the uh, the uh, Managers of the Year and the Rookie of the Year and a Silver Sluggers picked. For uh, 2020 and uh, if you don't mind I'll start us off with the American League Silver Sluggers we have uh, uh, catcher Salvador Perez Mm -hmm. the first baseman is Jose Abreu, second baseman DJ Lemieux, third base Jose Ramirez, shortstop Tim Anderson the outfield course Mike Trout T. Scar, Hernandez, and Elroy Jimenez. And I, I've got to admit, I don't know half of these guys. I am not an American League guy, and I don't follow it that much. I try to, uh, but uh, that's that's the American League. And in the uh, National League, as if you're watching the video, uh, Rich is lining that up. Freddie Freeman is your first baseman. In the National League. Yep. And let's see, no surprise there. Second base is Donovan Donovan
1: Solano Solano
0: of uh, the Giants.
1: Not familiar Uh, with him.
0: Yeah. And uh, shortstop or third base. Shortstop is Fernando Tatis Jr. Not a big surprise there, Rich, I would say. Yeah, the Padres'
1: twenty-one-year-old superstar mm. already. Geez, you're a superstar at twenty-one.
0: The National League third baseman is another Padre, Rich Manny Machado, who went over on a big contract. And uh, uh, you know like that the third base could have been Arenado, could have been in there as well. Short season. I don't know how much of these. Um, Awards really mean as much as if they did in a full season, but nonetheless, they're doing it. So, uh, third base is Manny Machado.
1: Yeah, and he finally earned some of that three hundred plus million. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> as we true. remember, he was uh, in contest with uh, top contract of the year just two years ago with uh, Bryce Harper. Mm-hmm. Now he is uh, a four-time All Star, two-time Gold Glove winner and he's added a silver slugger
0: right and the catcher is travis darnell which is a heartbreaker a former met uh couldn't stay healthy with the mets went to uh tampa bay had a good season signed the contract with the atlanta braves had a great season with atlanta and uh coming into his own at at the ripe old age of thirty one so um you know, good for him he he uh he just couldn't stay healthy here, and I think part of it was the pressure of uh being the number one catcher and 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 uh, you know uh they played a couple of catches uh, at Atlanta though I think he caught most of the games in the end anyway. Mm-hmm. Um but and I think it really it's what the Mets should have done. And they had a pretty good backup when he was here and I everybody said they should have, you know, maybe used both of them like every other day and it might have worked out better, but it didn't. They let him go. He had uh, a you know, a low contract, but for the Mets any contract was high at a certain point. And uh they let him go and and look Good on him that he stuck with it and, and is having a good career. Was able to resurrect the career, so congratulations to him. And uh, who do we have in the outfield for the National League there, Rich?
1: Uh, let's see. In the outfield, of course, as you mentioned, the uh, AL winners, Mike Trout, with his eighth eighth award. There, he's collecting awards like crazy, all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah. And uh, just a quick personal note, I. I made a sale. Uh, I'm in the sales world. I made a sale to a lady that her brother is actually Mike Trout's off season conditioning coach. So his uh, personal trainer, which was a, a thrill to uh, talk about that a little bit. And, you know, cause I've observed his personal trainings online and, uh, pulling around big tractor tires and things like that. Um, Quite a quite an off season regiment he he runs, but uh, over in the NL it's Juan Soto with the Nationals out in the outfield, Mookie Betts, of course, uh, with the Dodgers, and Ronald Acuna Jr. with the Braves. Collect okay. those silver sluggers.
0: Well, all deserving candidates, I would say. In the outfield, I don't see anything there. I would say, how did that guy get it? So. Uh, congratulations to all of them and congratulations to Brewers, Brewers right hand reliever Devin Williams and Seattle Mariners center field to Kyle Lewis who have won the 2020 Jackie Robinson National League and American League Rookie of the Year awards uh, they uh, were announced on Monday and uh, congratulations to them
1: yes absolutely um some managers of the year awards were announced on tuesday this past week uh don mattingly won in the nl we've been looking at his name for a while Mm -hmm. there um and kevin cash winning over there in the american league so pretty cool that uh, both of those guys picked up an award and both uh florida type natives
0: yeah, and uh the uh, Marlins of course made the playoffs for the first time in a long time and actually got through around and and uh Mattingly finished with twenty of thirty first place votes and eight second place votes. He was left off two ballots, he finished with a hundred and twenty four total points, well ahead of the Padres Jace Tingler. Uh, Kevin Cash, uh, he received 22 first-place votes, five second-place and one third-place vote to finish with a total of 126 points. He was left off of two ballots. Rick Renteria, who, had, who has been dismissed by the White Sox, finishes in second place with 61 points. Charlie Montoyo of the Blue Jays finishes in third-place With 47 Votes so uh, We have A couple of uh, things Left to check on Um, Most valuable player Needs to be uh, settled I think probably In the National League um,
1: Yeah finalists here uh, Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman And Manny Machado
0: And I think uh, I would have to Go with Mookie Betts I think This you know uh, the big contract. uh, This is quite a year for Mookie Betts getting traded to the Dodgers. Uh, Big contract he got, and now world championship. And I think he'll finish it off with a most valuable player award. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I,
1: I didn't follow Mookie Betts too much in Boston. And I certainly didn't follow him this year, uh, with the Dodgers at all, uh, with the COVID season, but yeah, he seems like he was solid, um, finished fourth in MVP voting, uh, earlier in his career. Seems like he's coming into his own Of course. Freddie Freeman's been a solid performer for the Braves for years. Had another great year last year, um, maybe not enough to make this award Manny Machado he's been um, with the Orioles for a few years and now he's of course out in San Diego he did well this past year so uh, any one of these three guys would be a good pick my opinion but the Dodgers winning it all I think you're going to see Mookie Betts be your uh, most valuable player
0: yeah, and I think he, he's been the guy all year that people have been talking about. Mookie Betts, Mookie Betts, Mookie Betts. So, uh, you know, uh, I, I I think he's he's kind of a shoe in for that. Uh, in the American League, we had uh, Jose Abreu. Um, and who was the other guys now? Uh, DJ Lemayhu from the Yankees. Mm-hmm and Jose Ramirez of the Cleveland Indians and I got to tell you I don't really have a feel for any of those guys at all uh, I would say from what I've read it's it's uh, could be LeMayu, who was definitely uh uh you know kept that Yankee team together um and and uh it doesn't look like they're going to re-sign him cuz he's a free agent and they Didn't want to cut payroll a little bit, so uh, we don't know what's going to happen there. But uh, I, I'm going to go with DJ Lemayu on that one.
1: Yeah, I think I'll throw my hat in the ring for Jose Abreu. Okay. Uh, this, <laughs> this, why time not? Around. Right? Why not? Why, why not? <laughs> uh, he was 14 AL. <laughs> <laughs> Throw my hat in. What the heck? Yeah, the heck uh, with it. <laughs> 14 AL Rookie of the Year, looking to add this MVP award, and I kind of think, um, I kind of think it's going to go his way this year for some odd reason. Like you said, Mookie Betts has this charisma. You've heard his name a ton of times. You've also heard Jose Abreu's name uh, if you've been listening to baseball and you know watching what's been going on. Ray Uh, in the last year. hear this name every time I turn around and I'll be honest with you. I don't watch the American league all that much. I, I don't think I've ever seen Jose Abreu play, which is bad for somebody that's talking about baseball, but, uh, you know, maybe in 21, I'll, I'll make a point and make sure I watch a couple of those games.
0: Yeah. I, I, I've watched a few, uh, you know, um, I can't say I'm am an avid uh, American League. I just I just find the games to be very boring with the DH and everything. So I don't watch them all, but I've seen a few. I've seen a Brayu play. He's a good player. Uh, I'm gonna go with Le- Lemayu because uh, he was in the National League. Saw him over there, and uh, you know uh, I I think he's uh, probably. Uh, I I noticed a lot he gets a lot of pressure in New York about how good he was and, and how he held the team together. So I'll go with him. And by the way, this this just according to sources, he will not accept DJ LeMay, he will not accept the Yankees qualifying offer. So uh today is the deadline for free agents if you uh were offered a qualifying offer. Um Today's the day you have to decide. And my dog is barking in the background. I don't know if you can hear him. <laughs> uh, and uh, Marcus Stroman has accepted has accepted the qualifying offer from Mets from the Mets. I'm not uh, real pleased about that, but you know what are you going to do?
1: Very cool. Um, So we
0: have uh, Cy Young, too, uh, coming up today. And uh, in the uh, American League, the finalists are Shane Bieber. Justin's brother. Yeah, Justin's brother. (laughs) Kent uh, Maierda and Hoon jin Ru, who was with the Dodgers last year, went to uh, Toronto, signed a contract there. And in the National League, we've got uh, Trevor Bauer, Hugh Darvish, and, of course, Jacob deGrom of the New York Mets. Uh, American League first, I'm going to go with Shane Bieber. He's got all the numbers. Uh, I think he'll be the winner there.
1: Another guy you uh, heard quite a bit about Uh his name being uh, offered around and how about the national
0: league well this is a tough one uh because i i uh, um <laughs> i want to pick degram it would be quite it would be the third year in a row for DeGrom. um but he didn't have that uh, that good a season uh, he had a great season. The, the team didn't support him, and uh, so his win total is down. He has the lowest ERA, I believe, of all of the uh, starters, all of the finalists. Uh, there was a report that I was reading that he faced um, the toughest lineups in out of all the, the uh, finalists, the other two guys faced a lot of uh low offensive producing teams i think I'm, i don't know if i've got it right but uh he knows his his competition was tougher that he faced uh, yeah that you sounds know, about right and he has the lowest era even though he didn't have the wins so i, I mean i i think bowell probably is going to get it I would like to see DeGrom. I'd love to see him get 3 years in a row. Um, but to be fair, you know, um he did not have the the wins and losses and and uh you know, uh just I'm not sure but uh I I think it's going to go to uh so people are picking Darvish. I don't know. I'm not a big Darvish fan, so I'm going to pick Bauer, but uh, I'd like to see DeGrom win it. Yeah, it'll be an interesting pick. And as you said, all three had
1: their own good portions of the season. And uh, what an honor it is if DeGrom gets it three in a row. Wow, that's that's dominating.
0: Yeah, and he has been uh I think dominating the last uh, 3 years and and uh really was not a high uh, on their list of being a high prospects and and here he came in and is just is probably I don't think it's a stretch to say right now he is the best pitcher in baseball if not one of the best, definitely one of the best pitches in baseball, uh, maybe even the best at this time.
1: Yeah, I don't think it's a stretch at all. Like you said, he's he's got the uh, talent and the low ERA, almost like a throwback type of pitcher in a way. Um, yeah, he, he would get
0: my vote. And he can hit 98, I mean, but he's not a, a – a... Uh, a total fastball pitcher, you know. He, he, he's a pitcher. He knows how to pitch, which is something you don't see a lot nowadays, that uh, a lot of these guys, uh, you know, they just rear back and fire, and that's why they pitch five innings, and then they're pooped, and, and they can't go on anymore. He's more of a pitcher. He he can figure out things in mid-game What's working, what's not working, and and that's what I like about him. Uh, he's intelligent and uh, a good pitcher and and not a thrower. So uh, you know, uh, I wish there was some other guys on the Mets staff that I wish would uh, uh, take a look at what what Jacob Degrom does, and and they'd probably be better off for it. But that's another. That's 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 for Mets musings. <laughs> Right, right. (laughs) Of course, your other podcast that we should let people know,
1: you know, we assume everybody knows that Gary has his own podcast called Mets Musings, which is a great show. I have fight in Philly. So, yeah, we should remind ourselves to let our listeners know here on Baseball Talk Radio show that we do have these individual shows. We've been doing them for years as we have been together. For years on this show, the Baseball mm-hmm. Talk Radio show, you know, um, doing it for a few years. So, yeah, do tune in to those individual podcasts, as Gary said, and check out baseballtalkradio.com. It's the home of great baseball talk shows, independent and otherwise. I have a great list there going. There's usually a live stream, although that's been suspended with the COVID. There was a lot of people tuning in, but uh, a lot of the content wasn't getting produced and things like that. So I have something coming up for 21 on that website over at baseballtalkradio.com and um, tune into our home on the web for the show here that you're listening to uh, baseball talk radio show. You can find us over at anchor.fm forward slash baseball talk radio show. And if you go there, You'll see this, <laughs> what I wanted to <laughs> show you <laughs> initially here. Um, there's a support tab in the center here. Message, if you want to send us a message. You want to listen to us on Spotify or anywhere else we are found. You can find it there as well. And a list of all of our shows here on anchor.fm forward slash baseball talk radio show. Where you can find
0: us on the web. And you can also find the video version. Yes, there's a video version, and you can find that on YouTube. So uh, uh, go check that out as well. Rich is looking now. I think. Uh, yes, I am. I got it. Rich is the screen sharer on uh, <laughs> on the show.
1: Yes, I'm trying my best to uh, to to do that. And we thank all of our listeners. You know, as Gary said, we're a podcast first. Um, we are mainly a podcast that is, and, but we have this video show and we're so proud. We got, you know, almost 40 views on our last show, which Gary did a great job on the production of our Halloween special. Um, and again, we're not really a video show as much as we're a podcast. Uh, so we appreciate your tuning in there over to YouTube hit the subscribe button for us right up here in the right-hand corner. And what you're going to do for that is when we get a new show, you're going to get a little notification that, hey, you know, these guys got a new something video for you to check out.
0: Yeah, and that helps us grow the show and and attract new listeners. So I hope you'll uh, check that out and uh, look into that today. And, Rich, you know, we've talked about – minor leagues a lot on this show as well and uh uh, i think uh, that's a good thing because that's really the backbone of the whole uh system and uh you know as manfred uh, wants to centralize power or however you want to call it uh accumulate power accumulate power they want to shrink the minor leagues and and They're going to do it. The contract was over with MILB. They folded up. And uh, we're starting to leak. Leaks are coming out now about certain standards that they're going to want the uh, minor league teams to uh, come up with in order to stay as a minor league team. Some of them are, you know, larger clubhouses, brighter stadium lights, covered batting and pitching tunnels, and other details that will take minor league facilities into the 2020s and beyond. Um, We've heard about some teams that have been tossed out by now. I can talk from the Mets' point of view. Uh, Columbia, South Carolina, is no longer an affiliate of the Mets. It was a low-A affiliate. Um, The Mets will retain four teams the Syracuse Mets, which will be triple-A, uh, and it looks like the Binghamton Rough Riders will remain as their double-A team. The Brooklyn Cyclones will become their high-A team, and the St. Lucie Mets will be their low-A team, and there'll, there'll be a uh, uh, an intro league uh, in Gulfport, uh, Mississippi, I think it is, Uh and some of the teams are not happy. Uh, the Hudson Valley Renegades have been made a high A team. Now, Hudson Valley and, and Brooklyn, I might explain, was formerly in the New York Penn League, which has been totally dissolved. One of the oldest minor league leagues in the history of baseball, and they're finished now. Their history has ended they will be dissolved. Some of the teams are going in the direction of either an independent league or going in the direction of a wooden bat collegiate league. Uh, a couple of them got picked up, as I said, the Hudson Valley Renegades, got picked up by the Yankees. And uh, the uh, interestingly enough, Rich, with the Yankees, they picked up the Somerset Patriots, which was a very successful Atlantic League team. The Atlantic League is an independent league that operates on, on the East Coast and in Texas. Um, and they picked up the Somerset Patriots. So uh, they'll be down a team in the Atlantic League this year. Uh, but uh, interesting that they went to, you know, uh, independent league and and got that franchise as an affiliate, and in doing so, they dumped uh, a longtime Trenton Thunder team, and they were not happy because they heard about it through an email uh and and through the social media i think first and then they got an email from the yankees so a lot of teams not happening staten island yankees that were a uh, new york penn league team and a rival of the brooklyn cyclones they are now gone completely people are up in arms around here rich i don't know if anything's leaked in your neck of the woods yet about teams uh but you you're uh uh you may be able to talk about Trenton a little bit there, and uh it, it's not a good situation,
1: yeah, a lot of the Trenton folks were understandably upset. They had been host to uh, the Yankees, as you said for a number of years. Uh, change is going to come I, I guess is the only way you can explain it. Um, well just when you start to get comfortable with things, they pull the rug out from under you, so to speak. And I don't know how that's furthering the interest of baseball other than perhaps MLB wants to control these uh, entities more is my only guess to a certain extent. As you said, they want to improve uh, what's offered with the minor leagues. Um, Some of these minor leagues (laughs) – we're getting off onto a tangent, I I guess you could say, which is an easiest with promotions and things, obviously wanting to attract fans and, you know, doing outlandish type promotions to do so. But in the end, I guess it's just MLB wanting to, um, tighten its reign over, uh, the stage to the stage, so to speak, some of these teams, um, maybe not needed in their opinion, especially with the COVID-19 hitting their bottom line pretty strong and the threat of next year, they don't even know. So, um, you know, billions of dollars were lost last year, even though they did launch a season and uh, accomplish that we have a world series winner, but the state of baseball, maybe not as as solid and, And golden in stature as we think it is you know there's always constantly expensive there's been a lot of layoffs in baseball like broadcast uh, obviously stadium personnel and all that uh, throughout the year so that's not a not a good thing right now so maybe when things return back to normal if they do and when they do uh, maybe baseball will start to blossom again and Uh, Some more of these teams will find an avenue to get back to the game, but it's just one of these signs of the times where MLB is condensing things. They want to control it more. Uh, They want more say over things, and sadly but true, some of these teams are being phased out. Some of the leagues, like you said, the New York Penn League, you just go in, wipe out. People enjoyed baseball. They didn't necessarily want to go – to a major league stadium, but they liked sitting in these smaller stadiums, watching the teams and the games, the way they were produced. And unfortunately now they'll, they'll be looking for a new tenant in some of these
0: stadiums. And it's, it's, you know, it's, it's kind of a shame in a way because some of these teams were pretty, uh, look, some of them were, were not how we say successful, uh, Batavia New York Which was the home of the New York Penn League In the beginning it's where it was founded uh, Batavia Muckdogs I think they they Were drawing like a thousand people A season So you know uh, They were not they were hurting to begin with, but uh, you had other teams. You had a team like the Lowell Spinners, which was very successful on and off the field. And and I don't know what their current situation is. Um, you know, the West Virginia Black Bears uh, moved from uh, I think it was uh, was it New Hampshire and and went built a whole new facility in West Virginia. Now they did it in with the uh, West Virginia University so you know the university will use the field and everything but whether they'll have uh, any kind of a uh Uh, an affiliation or if they'll join some sort of other collegiate bat wooden bat league or something along that lines remains to be seen but it's it's just as you said it's just a shame because of these areas in the country where these these teams were located you would think you would want to keep a team there to grow the the sport of baseball and and I don't know. It, You know, I think it comes down to money as always, and money rules everything.
1: Yeah, and a lot of the players that played in the lower, real low leagues, the rookie leagues, um, New York Penn League, as you said, you know, teams couldn't afford to pay them a lot of money, nor really why would they? I mean, they're playing a game. They're not on the big stage yet. It would be like having... um Hockey leagues supporting the NHL, and you know, looking for a fifty to a hundred thousand dollar a year salary for each of these players, and uh, it was the money was not there. So uh, we've seen stories in the news where a lot of the lower league players had to work jobs, and yeah, you you're not at the point where you're drafted into the MLB. You're going to have to work different jobs in addition to playing baseball so it's part of that dream to get to the big stage but the MLB said they want to condense things maybe make it better for a group of the better players to continue on Um, it's going to be up to other baseball entities to to grow and maybe um, pick up on their own I mean, my own personal story. in outside of Atlantic City, they had a team, and a lot of people at first went. It was a, a novelty at first, but then after a while, it settled in, and it became something that nobody went to. Uh, I went to a couple games, and the the quality of like the umps and things like that just weren't there, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, one of my lasting memories of being to a couple games is a guy sliding in the third and the ump still was in his stance and he just <laughs> <laughs> didn't make a call. Just, the guy had slid the tag and he was still standing there and everybody was like, you know, was he safe or out, <laughs> <laughs> but things like that, you know, so maybe by condensing, uh, some of these teams that'll happen. And the support just is not there by the MLB.
0: You just have to wonder by cutting back on these teams whether or not players are going to be overlooked. You know, sure. uh, a guy that that may not have been a great college player, but somehow uh blooms when he gets to uh into the minors and stuff will he have a chance uh you know uh, uh the, the famous story of course mike piazza was drafted what 300th or something like yeah. that if we yeah. cut the draft what's going to happen to these guys you know they'll they'll go to independent leagues and stuff maybe they'll be able to make it that way but i i just wonder if you're gonna miss that, that 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 nugget that's you know way down buried there that may not get a chance and might walk away from the game because he's not making enough money
1: and there's probably a lot of those nuggets around in all sports basketball hockey yeah mm-hmm. uh, they they're not in these leagues or they didn't make the cut a certain team didn't see them or what have you but Unfortunately for now, uh, until they change their mind on this and some other league decides to flourish, MLB's pulling the rug out from under them. So something we'll have to just learn to live with for now. But Gary, I know you have a new owner in the New York area. We were talking about him. Yes. For the Mets. Uh, I found I stumbled upon a cool story here on reddit i don't know if you use the service reddit i i look
0: once in a while yeah um
1: jeff passan from uh espn posted a story something about new york mets owner steve cohen on just how hands-on he'll be with baseball operations quote i played little league once that's about (laughs) it <laughs> I'm going to let the professional, Sandy and people we bring in, let them run baseball. Can you believe that a guy that just played <laughs> played my, you know, little league ball once now owns the Mets.
0: Well, he's a big Mets fan. Uh and his wife, interestingly enough, is also a big Mets fan. So it's going to be a dynamic uh, combination there and she's going to head up uh, uh like a foundation to uh, uh, like a Mets foundation to to work with the neighborhoods and and, uh, New York City and all. And um, he, of course, is uh, a hedge fund uh, guy, very, very wealthy, complete opposite for the Mets. Uh, We used to pinch at pennies. He is uh, a billionaire, and uh, hopefully he's going to save this franchise. And I think people, some fans are expecting him to go out and spend, like, a, a as he said, a drunken sailor, but uh, he's not going to do this. And I think yesterday at a press conference and uh, the guy seems uh, confident and uh, he's uh, yet smart. He, you know, he says he's, he's not in this to make money. Uh, he's got a regular day job. He un- runs a company. He owns a company, a hedge fund company. So this is it's it, this is not a hobby, but it's not his full time employment as well. Um, I think he'll do well. He he uh, wants to run. You know, he runs a very professional organization now. I think he that's what he wants to get this to. He hired Sandy Alderson. I don't know uh, if anybody listens to Mets Musings. You know, I've been very, I was very tough on Sandy Alderson the last couple of years he was here, but he appears to be a completely different guy. He he was uh, he looked healthy. He looked uh, more relaxed. He is, uh, you know, he's a good baseball guy to have around and, and, and um, he's going to bring people in professional level people. They already cleaned some people out and he's going to bring in some professional level people that are actually going to run the baseball thing. Uh, and with, with Sandy would we'll probably oversee it. And um, I, I, you know, I think it's it's going to take a few years, but as I said somewhere yesterday, I was on another show last night, and uh, I, I said I think this happened at the perfect time. Um, the previous general manager made some deals that were, quite frankly, awful, uh, and uh, traded away a number of number one picks in very bad trades and left us with a big contract for a 37-year-old, you know, second baseman who had a pretty good year this year, but, you know, we've had a short year. Over a course of 160 game. I don't know if Robinson could know what he's got left, but over a 60-game season, he had a good year. Okay. Um, we're stuck with that contract. When I, when I said this happened at a perfect time, it was because, the damage was only done for two years. And we've lost like four or five number one, number two picks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now the farm system is bare. Uh, but you, we've got a guy that came in that's that now a new owner that's got the money to kind of build the farm system and yet he can... He's got enough money where he can spend it if he wishes to to sort of layer over, if you will, the the bumps in the road or potholes that the the former general manager created. He's got enough money to fill those potholes and to get us to when the farm system starts developing more. Mm-hmm. Um whereas some teams may struggle for years after after making disastrous trades like uh, that was made. But, uh, you know, I think he, like I said, he's not going to spend money wildly, but he is going to spend it wisely, and he's got enough. They may, I, I wish I remembered a quote, uh, but uh, Sandy Alderson said something to the effect that it's, uh it's finally nice where where the he can make an acquisition and not worry about the money part of it just
1: not too many like cespedes or
0: <laughs> yeah yeah but you know when when he made the original cespedes deal that's really what sparked the Mets going to the world series i mean he was phenomenal and you had to sign them after that. I mean, it just, it all made sense. Um, I think uh, it was probably too big a deal. And, uh, but, you know, I, it, it, it made sense at the time. And uh, they did it. But uh, the deal that really hurt them the last few years was this Robinson Cano Edwin Diaz deal. That was uh, it's it's just not. It was just stupid, and yeah. when he you know he made deals like that one after the other. I mean I'm not crazy about this Marcus Stroman deal. I I don't think Marcus Stroman's worth eighteen million dollars, and you know from his point of view I think he was smart to take it because he's not going to get that on the free agent market. Uh, he sat out this year. Because of COVID. Um, But he waited until he had... uh, This was the sleazy part about it. But I guess, look, teams do it by holding guys back. So he did it. He waited until... He had an injury coming out of the training camp, the summer camp. Then he waited, I believe, until he had enough... uh, He accumulated enough time... To become a free agent, and then he opted out of the season with the COVID excuse, so uh, it left a bad taste with a lot of people, and yep. and he he's on Twitter a lot. He's got a you know, uh, you know, he's he's entitled to his opinion, but I, I guess I'm old school that way. I, I you know, uh, but whether or not. Why they made him the qualifying offer, I don't know. But it does fill a block in uh, the pitching rotation that they were concerned about, and it means that they, they can do more for other positions. Uh, like catcher. Maybe they're going to get JT Realmuto, your guy. They
1: might. They might. I mean, they'd be fools not to try. Uh, well, before we bring the curtain down on this edition of the podcast, just thought I'd roll through some of our numbers for you. We appreciate you hitting that subscribe button on your podcast uh, listening area, whether it be Google Podcasts or Apple Podcasts, whatever service you use, please hit that subscribe button, iHeartRadio maybe. Uh, We have 74% listeners from Apple Podcasts. And second is Anchor with the direct um, 4%. And then we have Overcast, Amazon Alexa, and other um, portions, 17%. So we've got a big, big listening fan base with the other group. So make sure you hit that (laughs) subscribe button. 89% of our listeners come from the States we have five percent over in jolly old england
0: oh we're big there
1: (laughs) we'll have a a beer with the mates over there someday and uh ireland one percent canada one percent so thank you for listening out there uh male 88 percent female 12 hello ladies and uh, we have a good broad listening base throughout the um spotify gives us age statistics so uh we're, we got a good representation there
0: so. grazie we got somebody in italy huh <laughs> less than one yeah. percent grazie
1: grazie thank you very much and um again thanks for listening to this podcast hit like and subscribe consider to sponsor us we'd be more than happy to have you on a sponsor go right through our page there you want to send us an email it's gary at baseball Talk or rich at baseball Talk and we'll be glad to uh, get your message out on the air and we we'll want to wave a hand to jack and you know who you are jack you sent us an email a couple days ago
0: <laughs> yeah hi jack nice to hear from you again and hope all is well with you and uh rich uh we should talk a second, a little bit about Patreon. If people want to help out the show, they can go to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash baseball talk. You want to show your, uh, there you go. Patreon. And as Rich showed you, <laughs> Rich showed you earlier, uh, the anchor page, you can go anchor.com slash baseball talk radio show. And uh, you can also support the show right from that site so number of ways to help us out and uh we're not getting rich we're not we're not making anything really
1: (laughs) this is a labor of love folks
0: yeah we just like doing it so if you'd like to help us out uh you know we can uh i I don't know if you want to donate clothes we don't really care (laughs) wow
1: in our in our honor, <laughs> not to us. No, not we're not too cool.
0: cool. Like, we're not quite that bad yet. You know what? Right. Send toilet paper. That's the new currency. <laughs> and hand wipes. And hand wipes. <laughs> well, Rich, another one in the book. So uh, we'll probably uh, talk to the people in a couple of weeks, right? Yeah, Maybe we'll two do weeks a or so.
1: Thanksgiving pre-thanksgiving black friday show right around that time couple weeks we'll have some more results for you from the bbwaa baseball writers of america sanctioned the voting we're going to talk a little bit about baseball digest has their own awards i didn't get to that on this show but we'll talk a little bit about those as well and gary it's been fun again and i can't wait to the next one
0: yeah me neither so uh Until the next time, keep swinging and we'll see you on, on another next edition of the Baseball Talk Radio Show.